Thank you for listening to the weekly messages of New Providence Primitive Baptist Church. To subscribe to our podcast, hear other messages, or learn more about us, please visit nppbc.com. What a good reminder of what our heart should be like. Turn with us this morning as we read from the Old Testament. Um, Just a thought to share with us this morning, hopefully an encouragement. Um, If there's ever been a time that we need to be about the Lord's work, it's today. Now, some may say that that it's impossible to see revival, but that's not true. Uh, God hasn't changed, number one, and that's what brings revival. As we as we are revived, as our heart gets closer to Him, then anything's possible because God hasn't changed. Now, you may look at our culture and you may determine or you may write it off, right? And if we're not careful, if we allow the inputs and all of the medias to affect our thinking, you know, it won't be long that we'll start checking those boxes too. And we'll say, really, there's just really no reason to try anymore. Jesus must be coming soon. Uh, if Jesus is coming soon, that's the reason to try harder, Amen, right? He's coming back, and there's people that need to know him. There's people that are without God, and they need the Word of God, and they need the Spirit of God to, to change them just like it's changed us. Turn with us this morning to the book of Second Kings, chapter number 5. Second Kings, chapter number 5. We appreciate you standing as we read. We'll begin at verse number 1 in uh, just a few verses to share with you. And We ask your prayers. 2 Kings chapter number 5, verse number 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by companies and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria? For he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver, and six thousand pieces of gold, and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. And it came to pass when the king of Israel had read the letter that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill or to make a, and to make alive that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha the man of God had heard the king of Israel, had rent his clothes that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet 
in Israel. That's all we want to read. Would you bow with us? Father, we pray that you'd open your word to our hearts. Lord, help us to open our heart to your word. May it work that work only which you can work. May it change us and make us what we need to be. Father, touch our hearts in a way that brings contrition, a brokenness, a realization that we have sinned. And Lord, may we be clear as we recognize who we've sinned against. We ask God that you forgive us and draw us nearer as we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. Familiar scripture to Bible readers, certainly one of my favorites. And so many different treasures that you'll find in this particular passage. Um, but I have a unique thought this morning that I want to share, and I hope it will be a blessing to us all. Verse number 2 gives us some information about a young lady that had been taken captive. Now, probably in her situation, she had every right to be offended by her captors. She had every reason to be upset or maybe uh, a, a bit offensive or, or in some way or another not to care about those that had taken her captive. She was a prisoner, basically, a, a bond slave, and she was serving a very powerful man. And we read about that man in verse number 1, but I, I don't want that to overshadow the thought this morning, but take it as this, that Naaman was a great man. He was great in many ways, but just as all people, regardless of whether you're good or bad or great or small, we got a problem, and that's leprosy. To us, it's sin. Simply stated, sin is our problem. We were born with the sin nature and no way to fix it, no way to recover from it. Regardless of what men think, and certainly men have tried throughout the ages and are still trying, I might say, to save people, to fix what's wrong in the human heart. But the truth is, is there's only one that can fix it. There's only one that knew the problem, the depravity, the sinfulness of mankind. As, as I hear people continually trying to, to encourage folks and encourage them by saying how great they are and how good they are and if they'll just do better and try better, that it'll get better. May I say to you today, that won't fix the problem. The problem is much deeper than that. The problem is within the heart. The problem is a heart problem, and it's one that can't be fixed by man. Thanks be to God that there was a fix, there was a cure, there was a remedy for sin, and that's Jesus Christ. Now, I've said that just to make it clear that the message today is is about salvation if you don't know him. But I want to share with you the importance of the little maid. A little girl. I don't know how old she was. The Bible's not clear here. But what we know was that she was little. I don't know if it was referring to her age or her size. But what we know about her was she was likely young based upon this. Had been taken away because she was adequate in serving, no doubt. I don't know if there were any other qualities other than she was the first pick. But when Naaman had gone through there, the Bible said that he had chose her, or maybe his wife had chose her. But either way, what we find is she became the servant to Naaman's wife. Now, she was the servant to Naaman's wife, not to Naaman. And here she was in, 
in the, in the bedchamber of Naaman's wife, and <laughs> the Bible said that she had something to say. And I'm glad today that whether you be great or small, that you've got something to say. A little maid, what I want you to think about this morning is a simple thought. There's an old song we used to sing, said, little is much when God is in it. And I want to suggest to you today that everybody in here, if you've been born again, I have to say that, if you've been born again, you've got something to share. And regardless of where you think, you see, you may think, and, and we all do this, right? We, we look in the mirror and say, I'm insufficient. I'm not able. I'm not eloquent of speech. I don't, I don't have the knowing or the learning that others might have. And, and we try to convince ourselves that we simply can't do the job. But may I say it's more about trusting God to do the job than it is us trying to figure out how to do it. What God's looking for, friend, is not necessarily how to play the instrument. He's asking you just to be the instrument. Just to allow him to take you, however great or however small that you are, and allow God to work in you to do something that is marvelous. Now, this this little girl, she didn't have any ability to heal Naaman of his leprosy. She didn't have the cure. She didn't she didn't have the, the formula. She didn't have the medicine. She didn't have the miracle that he needed. But she knew someone that did. Oh, doesn't that take the pressure off you and I? May I say to you today that I don't have the ability to save you. I don't have the ability to fix what's wrong in your life. Amen. He didn't give me that responsibility. And I thank God for that one. Brother, but I know the one who can help you. I've got one, you see, that lives down inside me that I know he is able to help you. Now, however small the world may think I am, I can assure you my name's not known in, in the in the histories of, of this world. My name's not known by those that are smart or proud. But I can tell you this, I know who can help you with your problem, however great or small, however insignificant the world may think I am or you are. I've got some good news to bring. And brother, it can help you if you'll let it. This little girl didn't have much to offer. Now, it doesn't say anything else about her. And may I say unto you that you need not know anything else about me. Right? My pedigree. Where I came from. Who my parents were. What my schooling is. None of that. Right? Is relevant today. It's not what will make the difference. You see, regardless of how great or small that this world may think you are. Here's what I'm going to tell you today. You can be little and see God do great things. I want to say to you today that nothing would have happened to to Naaman. We would not have this story in Scripture to encourage and teach us if it hadn't been for a little girl that was willing to say something for God. Somebody that was willing to say, here I am, and I've got it. I know something that you don't know. Ain't that a wonderful thing? To be able to know in your heart that there's a cure for something. Oh, how people go about today. And I tell you, with social media as it is, I'm not on it. But what I understand is, brother, if you've got something, they air it out today. Everybody knows about it. But I want you to know that I know something. I know something. And regardless of what the world thinks about me, how good, how bad, how eloquent of speech, regardless of what the world says about you, you've got good news to bring. And that's something that we all ought to be conscious of. Now, this little lady could have kept her mouth shut. And I'm afraid today that a great number of people do. 
They talk themselves out of the work that's been given them as the disciples of Jesus Christ who have been commissioned to go into the world and to preach unto every living creature. I believe today that you and I have a responsibility to tell the good news that we have in our heart. And I I don't know how many I've heard say, well, I just can't talk to other people or I can't speak in front of a crowd or I'm a little nervous about sharing something. What if it offends them? May I say to you today, if they've got leprosy, and they do, sinfully speaking, spiritually speaking, they have sin, and therefore they are doomed the life of a leper. They need to know there's a cure. And you today have the cure. You have the cure. Oh, what a powerful thing is just to have truth. To be able to know that, you see, regardless of, of, of what I am, you see, we use all kinds of excuses to talk ourselves out of telling simply what we know about Christ. We convince ourselves that we're too small or that's the preacher's job or that's somebody else's job or I'm not good at it. Or I can, may I say to you today, if this little girl hadn't have said something, Nathan would have still had leprosy. But the Bible said that Naaman's wife had a little maid. And that she said one day unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria. Now, if you'll notice in the scripture, there's an exclamation point there. Many times you find in the the Old Testament or New where an exclamation point is used. So it speaks to us of the emphatic nature of this young lady. (laughs) Right? I kind of... I kind of, when I thought about it, I thought that's my kind of gal right there, right? Here she is maybe doing the the hair of her mistress. And as she's doing that, maybe looking in a mirror of some sort, her eyes able to see the eyes of the one that she's working on. And, 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 And Naaman's wife saying, oh, I just wish that Naaman didn't have leprosy. It's just... We, you know, we, we can't hold hands anymore. We can't be in the same room anymore. And, and, and all of these things that had perplexed her heart, you hear them, don't you? When you go to work, you hear them when you talk to your friends. You hear them when you meet that guy coming to work on your plumbing. You hear of all those things that are wrong and around us, that, that, that there's a problem all around us. May I say to you today, you can look in their eyes and know that there is still a God in Samaria. There is still a king of kings and a lord of lords. There is still good news. And you are equipped to share it. It's not based upon one's abilities. Aren't you glad? I'm so glad that it wasn't based upon my ability that he brought me into his house, that he made me one of his own, but it was by his grace that he did this. And I can assure you, if you're a child of God, you're equipped You're equipped. I haven't had the training. It doesn't take training. Aren't you glad? Well, I haven't had the schooling. It doesn't take schooling. I've not had the experience. That's just because you haven't tried. This little girl looking in the eyes of her mistress, hearing the problem... She emphatically made a statement. She said, I would to God that Naaman knew the prophet down there in Samaria. Now, that's fairly bold, isn't it? She spoke as if she had actually met Elisha. Uh, She may have. 
She certainly knew about him. She knew what he could do. She knew what God had done through him. And here she looks into the eyes of her mistress. I'm not sure whether she cared what she thought, what she was thinking, whether or not it would get her in trouble. It didn't matter. She emphatically said to her mistress, she said, I would to God that Naaman would go down to the prophet in Israel. And then she said, because he would heal him of his leprosy. You see, that simple truth is something that I can share with anyone. That simple truth is something that I contain, you contain it. You say, how in the world do I get it? Listen, if you've been born again, you've got it. Right? My story may be different than yours. My testimony may ring of some other circumstance or some other way, but I can tell you everybody's testimony comes back to this. I got lost and he saved me. He lifted me up out of the horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on the solid rock. It doesn't matter which born-again believer that I could put up here this morning. The story is all the same. Jesus healed me of the sin problem. And we all have that information. We have that. It's in our soul. It ought to be something that burns within us when we look into the eyes of those in despair that have the sin nature and know that they can't get past it. We have a great opportunity, whether we're great or small. Well, I've heard the words of little children sometimes that break the the hearts of those that were the most proud among us. How come? Well, because it's not about the child. You see, it's not necessarily about the instrument. It's about the one that plays it. It's about the one that knows exactly what to do with it. You see, this little girl didn't say that I can help Naaman or I can save Naaman or I can heal Naaman of his leprosy. No, she wasn't, she wasn't in any way suggesting that she was the answer. May I say to you today, if it ever gets to the place to where you hear me saying, I'm part of the answer, get a new pastor. Because here's what I'll assure you, I am not a part of the answer. You say, but you do the preaching. Yeah, but everybody, there's others that preach and others that testify and others that share. May I say, one plants, one waters. But you can be sure of this, only God gives an increase. Only God can save. Little maid, why she can't make a difference. I beg your pardon. There's a little boy showed up at a big gathering one time and he brought his lunch. Huh? Now when Jesus asked them, they said, you need to send the crowd away. There's too many. We can't feed them. Jesus said, you feed them. <laughs> I just love how he does that. You feed them. He said, well, if we had 200 penny worth of bread, we couldn't feed this crowd. Jesus looked at him and said, well, what do you have? I'm going to ask you the same question. What do you have? What do you have? Say, well, all I've got is a little, a few fish or, and, and some loaves of bread. Well, I tell you today, that's the problem with most Christians today. They think that the Word of God is somehow inadequate, that it's somehow not sufficient, that it's not able to do the work. May I say to you, the few fishes and the loaves were enough. They were enough to help them. People walk around saying, well, all I've got is the Word of God. May I tell you, friend, if you've got the Word of God, you've got the most powerful thing known to mankind. There ain't anything greater than the Word of God. If you know the cure, brother, you need to share it. A little maid. That's all she was. 
was a little maid. She wasn't the cure. She wasn't the solution. Nobody had asked her to do this, right? She didn't have any personal responsibility that she owed to this one or that one. No, what she was was compassionate. When she saw that there was a need, she understood also that she had an answer to the need. Now, here's where I get myself in trouble. If she would have set into trying to rationalize, right? Now, picture this. When you go back and read your Bibles and say, it didn't say she was doing her hair. Right? I get that, right? I was making that up, right? That was just to help you understand that's what could have happened. But there was a reason that the two were in the same room, and she was the maid to the mistress. So, so she was attending her somehow. And as she was attending her and she heard the words of her mistress, she knew she had to say something. But here's what we do. Oftentimes we'll convince ourselves, well, I'm just not sure that, that Elisha would help him. We say, now where are you getting to? Well, if we're not careful, we'll say, well, I'm just not sure that God will save him. I'm not, I'm not sure that God's going to save him. Or I'm, I'm not sure that God's even working on them. right? We do all these different kind of things and, and we try to roll it around in our head and figure out what God is doing. Let me tell you something. What we ought to do is what this little girl did and let's just tell the truth about it. I don't know what God's doing. right? I don't know whether he's going to save or not save. I don't know if he's dealing or not dealing. What I do know is that Jesus can save. Now, what she said was, is if you could, if you could just get old Naaman down there to Elisha, he could save him of his leprosy. What she knew was that he could do it. God's not asking me to sort it all out. All he's asking me is to tell somebody the simple truth. Is that Jesus can save you. Now, I don't know what he's doing in your life, but it doesn't change my truth. The truth is, is that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What I know is, is that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for the sins of all. And if you'll call on him, he can save you. He can save you. Now, don't get caught up in trying to figure out what God's doing. Just do what he's told you to do. When he told the sower to go sow, he didn't tell him, now, make sure you don't drop one seed on that bad ground. No, he just said sow, right? The command for us, the commission for us is to sow the word. We don't know where it's going to fall. Good, bad, good, bad ground, we don't know which one it's going to fall on. But aren't you glad he didn't, see, he didn't give us the responsibility of trying to figure out whether that's good ground or that's bad ground? No, I'm just a little maid, you see. I just happen to know something about God, and it's great. I know that God can take a sinner and make him a saint. I know that God can take one that is lost and can save him. I know that God can take an orphan and make him a child of his own. I know these things, and therefore I am empowered to share the good news, regardless of how small I think I am. Here was this young lady, and she said, Oh, I would to God that, that Naaman could just get to the prophet in Samaria. He could save him. Well, that was all the news that, that Naaman's wife needed. Well, suddenly she had something she'd never had before. Hope. 
Don't we live in a world of hopeless people? Everywhere you go, every set of eyes you look into nearly are looking back at you as if I have no idea what to do. They're hopeless. You see, they're bound in the sin of this world and they can't see what you see. They don't understand what you've They've not been where you've been. They don't know that there's a prophet that can save them. They don't know it. Well, that was the greatest thing this woman had ever heard. They'd no doubt spent all kinds of money trying to heal him of his leprosy, all kinds of, 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 of things that they'd try to do to help with his problem. But you know what? You can't fix sin. You can't heal it. But thank God I know one that can. I know one that can do it. You say, well, this, this little girl, she was, she was out of step. She shouldn't have been making such a statement. She didn't even know if Elisha was still in Samaria or not. Or she could have been leading him on a wild goose chase, building up their hopes just to be let down. Right? Aren't those the same kind of things that we, we try to rationalize in our head when we're looking at somebody in the eye that you know is desperately lost? And we convince ourselves, I don't need to say anything. I don't need to share anything. I don't... And you're waiting on some kind of lightning bolt to hit you on the backside before you do anything for God. Has He not already told you to do it? Do we not already have the directions and the orders from the command? Do we not already understand what it is He's called us to do? Well, we pay you to be the preacher. Number one, you don't pay me to do this. I just thought I'd get that out of the way. You don't pay me to do this. But number two, Even if you did, it doesn't change the responsibility of the man of God to simply tell the truth. He can save you today regardless of where you are, what you've done, where you've been. I know he can save you. Not because it's some kind of script that I've been given to memorize, but because he saved me. Right, what he did for me, that's what I'm working off of, right? I'm not going off your experience or your experience. I'm going off my experience. And if he can save me, he can save you. Now, I can tell myself there's a thousand reasons I ought to do it. But it doesn't change the fact that really what people need is hope. You see, hope is the seed of faith anyhow, right? That's what the Bible said. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Our faith begins in hope. It's having received that good news. At the very instant you find out you're... I'm going to use cancer for just an example. But at the very moment that I found out that I had a sin problem that was hopeless, the same one that told me about my hopeless condition gave me faith. He began to lead me into hope that there was one that could fix the problem. And you know what I did? All I had to do was to just believe that, to receive that gift. You see, and what I found was, there's a God, right? That's, what, that's all the little girl was saying is, look, there's a prophet down there in Samaria. I wish old Naaman could get to him. He'd heal him. She seemed fairly confident about this, didn't she? I love the exclamation point. That's what brought it out. She was confident that if this man ever gotten in the presence of Elisha, boy, ain't that how we ought to be? 
I mean, half of you come in here and you got a frown on your face. You ain't sure whether you really wanted to be here. I want you to know, if we was like this little girl, if we could just put an exclamation point in our life and come to the house of God like we're on fire for Jesus, we might see souls saved. Oh, she said, if you just get him to Elisha, boy, he'll save him. How confident are you in God? Is, is that what it truly exposes when we allow fear to keep us from witnessing to somebody that is lost? Is that really what's being exposed? Is that we don't believe he'll do it? She's just a little girl. Right? And I don't say that in a derogatory way. I mean, glad to have all the little girls with us. My point is, is that she was just a little girl. She wasn't Elisha. She wasn't Elijah. She wasn't God. Nor was she claiming to be. No, but what she did know, she was willing to state emphatically with confidence. I know what your problem is, right? And I'm not, you, you don't have to be judgmental to know. Every man that's born is a few days and full of trouble. Right? If you were born, you've got the Adamic nature, right? You were born with sin. That's it. We're all sinners. The Scripture hath concluded us all sinners. We are all sinners. Therefore, I know that everybody has this leprosy. Oh, but I've got good news. Because <laughs> I had it too one day. But I've got good news. I went to a man and he cured me of leprosy. Oh, don't the world think that there's no cure for sin? Right? When you're in unbelief and your eyes are blinded with this, with this world, if you've never met Christ or his Holy Spirit, you're blind to the truth and the knowledge of this truth. But may I say to you today that the very instant your eyes are opened, ain't it the most wondrous thing? Here was a little girl who had some experience some way or another, and she emphatically told her mistress, said, oh, I would to God that Naaman could get to the prophet in Samaria, exclamation point. He would save him. He would cure him of his leprosy. Now, I can't control what people do with the message, but I tell you this morning, the message ought to be simple. Now, don't make it difficult. Right? You've, got the, you've got your own story, I hope. And whatever your story is, you had leprosy and now you don't. Right? That's what you're telling. I had it and now I don't. So I can emphatically tell you, he can heal it. He can fix it. But instead, the woman received this news and what the girl had told her was the truth. And yet this woman took the truth and they began to try to do it other ways. So the first thing she did was told another servant. And the servant went unto Naaman and told Naaman, said, hey, the little maid said that you could be cured of this leprosy if you'd just go to the prophet in Samaria. And so what he does is takes the information to the king of Samaria. I mean, Syria. He takes the information to him and the king, he writes a letter. Now what he failed to say in the letter to the other king of Israel when he sent it was is that the maid said to get him to the prophet Elisha. Let me tell you something. Don't change the message. 
number one, it ain't yours to change. It's here, and that's the message, right? You're not trying to come up with something cute or imaginative or creative. People are sinners, and they need hope of that condition. And we know what the answer is. That's the bottom line. Now, the little girl told the truth, but then they corrupted the message. And he sent, sent it to him, and he said, Hey, I'm sending my main man, Naaman, to you, and I expect you to heal him. And here you got the king saying, What? What does he, what does he think I can do that I can make somebody live or die? What quarrel does he seek with me? And here's the problem. The message is meant for those that are hopeless and those that are in need. It, don't call me. Let me rephrase that. Call me if you need me, right? That didn't sound right. My point is you don't need me. Either you got saved or you didn't got saved. And if you got saved, you've got your own story. And it'll work, right? If you are absolutely confident that you've been born again, then you've got a message. You once had it, now you don't. And that has power. It's all the little girl said. Well, the king of Israel get it. Well, what we know about Elisha is God told Elisha everything. Right? Remember all them stories about God whispering in Elisha's ear what was being done in the bedchamber of the kings and all that? Well, he evidently told him this too. Elisha knew that the king had received a letter and he sent word to the king said, I don't worry about it. When he gets there, just send him to me. Amen. Right? Why'd you rent your clothes? <laughs> just send him down here. You know the story. The Bible said they, he came, they sent him down to Elisha. Well, Naaman gets to Elisha's house and what did he bring? He brought all the money to buy it with. Yeah. It's not for sale. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Elisha didn't even go out. Yeah. Right? He didn't want to see his gold, didn't want to see his silver or his raiment. He sent his servant out and said, tell him to go dip seven times in Jordan. End of story. Well, that made old Naaman mad. Why? Because he intended to buy it. Oh, how the message gets corrupt when it's in the wrong people's hands. How, how Naaman thought he was going to give all of this in exchange for this cure. May I say to you today, you don't have anything to give. Whatever you've got, it's as filthy rags in the sight of my healing. Right? He don't need what you have, nor is he asking for payment. No, he's already paid it for you. You can't buy it. And so Elisha just gives him once again the simple truth. I know Jesus because here's what he did for me. And I'll tell you what you need to do. And then you've got to leave it with them. And that's what old Elisha did. He told God, he said, you go out there and tell him, go down to Jordan dip seven times. That'll do it. And here's Naaman out here. He's upset already. He don't get to buy it. Right? Because that, that would have made it. He did it. Yeah. He don't get to buy it. But number two, he wants him to dip in that muddy Jordan and there's cleaner rivers closer. 
Right? The far part and all these other rivers are closer and they're cleaner than that nasty Jordan. All big waste of my time. And he gets ready to load up and leave and one of his servants says, wait a minute. Come out just a second. If he'd have told you to go do some great hard thing, would you not have tried? All he's asking you to do is to just go to the Jordan. Look, I, I'm not asking you to scale a mountain. I'm just asking you to consider the gospel of Jesus Christ. Good. But look him in the eye and say, you know what? I can't fix what's wrong with you, but I'd love to invite you to church. Because you know what? Even though you don't have to be saved in a church, I saw those get saved after Amen. By the way, let me put an exclamation point. I believe if you go, you ought to get saved. At that point, they got to do something with that. That's the yeah. truth. And Naaman had the simple responsibility to do something with the gospel. And that's all we're trying to do is to give the gospel to someone else and they got to decide what they're going to do. Right? At that point, let the Holy Spirit do His job. I can't convict Him. I can't, fit, I can't cause Him to want. I can't do any of that. All I know is that they can get saved of this yeah. if they'll get to Jesus. And what Naaman do? I guess I'll go to church. That's how some people get here. That's the truth. Right? They, they just get to the point and say, he won't hurt them. I'll just go. I'll see what's happening. They'll come in. They'll, they'll do like a wind They'll hide back in the <laughs> And then someone gets a hold of them. And the next thing you know, they're bawling their eyes out. And they say, Lord, save me. And they get made a new creature. And they're forever changed. They just happenstance went to the church. You know what? I don't believe what Valerie was telling me, but she believed. Do they believe what you believe? No. But do they believe you believe it? That comes out in how you live. If you ain't going to serve God except on a Sunday morning or a, or a Wednesday night, or, right? You, you've done put God in the box. Let me tell you something. People know. They know. You go try to witness to them. They know that too. Well, it ain't done much for you. You know why I'd want that? But if you've got some exclamation points, right? There's a lot I don't know. There's something I can put an exclamation point on. I was lost. Let me tell you what he did for me. Exclamation point. I can tell you about that. And if they don't believe anything else, they'll believe I believe. Right? So Naaman just did what? He just relented and he said, all right. And he goes down to Jordan and he goes in one time, three times, five times, six Comes back out every time. Leprosy's still back. 
I say to you, there's no shortcut in the gospel. It's, 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 it is what it is. We're not going to make up a new way for you to get saved. It's the same way I got saved. But when he went in that seventh time, didn't he say seven? Yep, seven. We're counting. This is seven. He goes in the last time when he comes out that time. Something happened. The Bible said that his skin was just as a baby's. Pure and white, just, just no blemish. Pure as a baby's skin. Little boy took his fish, fed 5,000. Right? Did the little boy do it? No. What did he do? Here's my lunch. That's all we're doing. Like every time you look in the, in the eyes of those hopeless individuals, we're just saying, here's my lunch. Will this do? And then God took something that was so small and He blessed it and fed 5,000, not including women and children. How many times can we, I mean, right? God saved the world with a boat. It's not about the vessel. Right? It's, it's, not about, it's about what God does with it. If He's going to use you today, you've got the message. You don't need any coaching. You don't need any more. You've got the message, and either you've got an exclamation point or you don't. And if you don't have an exclamation point, here's what I know about your message. You won't ever tell Nobody will know. What an important thing to know that he took the little maid and he started this grand rescue of man. She wasn't involved in any of the process except the very beginning. And she said, did you know that if he could just get down there to Elijah, he would heal him of his leprosy? And God did the rest. It's a message that's timeless. It's a message that's personal. And it's, a, it's all of ours to give. Come get us some. All of these things... God can use the least among us to do things that are extraordinary. And when somebody gets saved, I tell you, that's the most extraordinary of all. And God takes the simplest of things sometimes and uses it to bring that person to Christ. I don't know what your holdup is today, but we're out of time. People are dying without God every day. And He's coming. The fields are wide. It's not a question of whether or not the harvest is ready. It's ready. What Jesus said was pray that there'd be more laborers. And in this particular work, that's what the laborer does. Is he sows the seed. He gives it out. There's no use. Don't say it. As long as there's a God, there's hope. For the souls Amen. of men. Amen. Who are you to say that we can't have revival anymore? When did you figure out that it has gone past the point of, of a return? Where were you when you cast the stars into the heavens? No, my God can still do it.
And we have to be sowing the seed. That's all he asked us to do, was to sow the seed and believe that he can make it grow. As we stand, if you're here, I don't know your heart, maybe you have something that you need to repent of. Now be a good time to get ready. Make it right in your own heart. Stand as we stand.